it's perfect for the sermon today. It's almost like we coordinated it that way. It's kind of kind of strange that way. It's just random. Uh, we are uh, we're jumping back into the book of James for uh, for two more weeks. We got we got this week and next, and then it will be Advent already. I know you can't believe it. It's already it's already the Christmas season. Uh, you need only go to Walmart though to have known that it's been the Christmas season for like the last month, right? So, uh, uh, two more weeks in James. James has been a lot of fun. Uh, so much practical wisdom. Uh, really, I think helping us to create sort of a holistic person, a holistic follower of Jesus. So there's all these different elements uh, about how we're being crafted as people, how, how we're striving to be a certain kind of person that engages the world in a certain kind of way. And uh, uh, James's words this morning, just a few short verses, uh, I think are, are so important, and uh, they really kind of feel timely in, in this week as well. So, uh, so this morning we're talking about being here. Be the, uh, we're talking kind of the tendency to be somewhere else. I think in our culture we have this tendency... Uh, that that we're not really where we are. We're, we're, we may be physically occupying a space, but we may be light years away, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So, uh, so we're going to read this text together and, and then just unpack this kind of briefly. So uh, we're in James chapter 4. If you want to follow along, it will, it will be on the screen as well. James chapter 4. Verses 13 through 17. So this is, this is what James says. Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. So then, if you know the good you ought to do and don't do it, you sin. All right. So like we said before, uh, with James, it feels like almost every passage probably is two or three different sermons or more. And this one's uh, the same kind of way. There There are multiple ways to approach this passage, multiple sermons that could be preached. Uh, but I, I want to talk mostly about the, the, the section, the first part, that, that we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what, what tomorrow brings. And, and the people in our story here today, they're making plans, right? They, ha- they know exactly what they're going to do. We're, we're going to do such and such on this. You know, we're going to this city on that day, and we're going to stay for this long. We're going to make some money. They got it all worked out, right? They have all of life figured out. I'm going to go to this school, and I'm going to do this major, and I'm going to graduate on this date, and then, and then life will be good, and I'll move on into the future. And, and students know that's not exactly the way it goes, right? I'm going to move to this place because I'm taking this job, and I'm going to work there for this amount of time, and then I'm going to transition into this different job. And, and we all know too well that it doesn't work that way, right? Because we, we don't even know what tomorrow will bring. But life it's like a mist. It's like a fog that, that's here in the morning and then it burns off by afternoon and it's gone. And, and I don't think that's a futile way of talking. Uh, you know, there's a way of reading that as if like our life doesn't matter. 
I think James is actually inviting us into the opposite. I think he's actually saying that life, life matters so much that don't be anywhere else. Life is so important that I want you to dive into it as deeply as you can. The mist is important, so be there. Be there in that moment, in the midst of the mist. Be there. So I, I think the main message for us this morning, my, my kind of one point for us this morning, is to be fully present. I, I think James is inviting us to be fully present. To be in this moment. To be right here. To, to be where you are. I, I think we need this passage so badly because we are terrible at being fully present. I am terrible at being fully present. I think there's this nasty temptation in our lives, in our world, in kind of our multitasking generation to always be somewhere else. Maybe to always be a million other places instead of being where we are. We always want to be somewhere else. We're never just content here, right now, in this moment. I think we can be in the same room as people. We can be at the same lunch table as people, and we can be light years away. We can be an eternity away. We're not fully present. Uh, There's this phrase that the ancient rabbis used. They uh, They would say the phrase, wherever you go, there you are. Wherever you go, there you are, which on, on, on the surface level is obvious, right? Of course, wherever you go, there you are. But I think they understood something deeper, that we can go many places and not be in the places where we're going. So they're encouraging us to actually be there. I was thinking about this, this uh, passage. There's, there's this uh, passage in, in the book of Exodus, chapter 24, and uh, I, I think it has a ton of wisdom Uh, about this sort of idea. There's this tiny little verse that's tucked away in this bigger story in Exodus 24 that I think we could really easily skip over and and miss, especially if we're reading it in an English translation. So the story goes, uh, we're, we're past the Exodus, so they've left Egypt. This is Moses, right? Moses has led this group of four million Egyptian slaves, these Israelites, out into the desert and they're heading to the promised land, Uh, but they obviously didn't have GPS or something because they're wandering around for 40 years trying to get where they're going. Uh, And the other thing that's happened in the story is that we've already gotten the the Ten Commandments. We've already gotten the law. So they've met with, with God. They have this ongoing relationship with God. But there's this other story about this interaction with God. Moses takes 70 of his greatest leaders up onto this mountain. And and they're going to hear from God. God is going to speak to them. And, And so in Exodus 24, verse 12, this is what it says. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay there. All right, so you see it there. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay there. Uh, so it's this tiny little verse that gets tucked in here, but it, it, almost, it doesn't really mean a whole lot in English. But in Hebrew, the word stay there is actually the word be. The English word stay is the Hebrew word for be. So if we read it in Hebrew, it says something more like, the Lord said to Moses, come up on the mountain and be there. Come up on the mountain and be there. Now that 
now we're talking. Right? Now, now we're saying something. Right? And, and, and so it's this funny statement. It, again, it's kind of like this wherever you go, there you are kind of statement. Like you just came up on the mountain, where else would you be? Of course you're going to be on the mountain. Uh, and yet, especially for those of us in this valley who like to, to, to mountain climb and hike, uh, we know that there's this tendency that you work so hard to get up to the top of the mountain. And what's the first temptation? To, to turn around and start going back down. You, you, get, you work so hard to get to the top, and we often fail to actually just be there. We climb the mountain, and, and our, our first thought is, all right, back to the car. Uh, and I think that, that, that God understood this, that we have this tendency to strive so hard to do these certain things and, and we get there, we get to the top of the mountain, we get into God's presence and we can't just be there. We're somewhere else. Uh, we're, we're not where we actually are. Uh, and so God is saying, come up here, be with me. Like, don't come up to this mountain and then start making your own plans or don't come up onto the mountain and then instantly turn around and start going back somewhere else. No, come up on the mountain and be here. Actually be present. Actually be in this place. Uh, be fully present. Don't be somewhere else. Be here. Take this moment to be present here in this reality, in this moment with these people. Don't, don't be somewhere else. There's time for that. Uh, in this moment, be in this moment. So I think, uh, I think there's some implications uh, of this kind of thought, this one thought of, of being fully present in the world. I think there's a number of implications. There's some, the, some theoretical implications for this, some theoretical ways to think about this. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about a couple practical implications of this, some practical ways of thinking about this idea of being fully present. So the first thing that I would say, it's kind of a theoretical idea around this, this concept of being fully present, is that I would say, I would encourage us to not check out of the moments that we have. Don't check out of this moment that you have right now. Don't numb yourself in dissociation. And don't let the beauty of today pass you by. Don't miss out on the goodness of this moment. This moment is great. All moments are great. Don't be somewhere else. Be in that moment. Don't check out. Uh, which is really, really easy to do. Uh, it's so easy. Uh, I can spend all day at work, away from Mandy and the kids, in front of a screen, in front of a computer, uh, doing work, but away from family. And then I come home and what do I, what's the first thing that I do? I turn on the TV or, or I check my phone or I'm on Facebook or I'm reading a blog. I've been away all day and now I have this moment and I've gone somewhere else. I've climbed up onto the mountain of time with my family and I, and I wasn't there. I checked out. I, I was somewhere else. That's an insane way of behaving. And so I'm thinking, how, how can I start to correct that? How can I be better about that? Uh, or I, I was thinking about as, as parents, uh, you know, we're, we're four years into this experiment and uh, there have been some times that weren't so awesome. Uh, there were seasons where it's like, 
if I could get four hours of sleep tonight, that would be pretty awesome, I guess. Uh, like, there have been some rough times, and I've found myself at moments thinking, man, as soon as we get through this, then, then life will be humming. Like, now, now we're living. Like, that'll be awesome as soon as we get through that stage. I can't wait for this stage to be done. And, and now Zoe's four years old, and she's going to kindergarten next year, and I'm thinking, what the heck just happened? Because I think there were times where I wasn't in the moment. Uh, and, and that's kind of natural. I think it happens to all of us. But is there a way to be fully present in each and every moment that we have? Uh, to, to recognize the gift that each moment is and to really be present so that at the end of the day we don't think we don't look back and say man I kind of screwed that up I wish I would have been more present I I wish I would have been where I was Uh, so that's the first thing don't check out of the moments that we have don't don't numb ourselves in dissociation second thing I would say is that don't be off somewhere in the future Uh, This passage is kind of talking about the future, that we can get caught up in the future. I think James is saying, don't be off somewhere in the future worrying yourself sick about something that may or may not happen. I think there's a a, a real tendency toward that. There's a real pressure toward that, that I can worry myself sick about something that may or may not happen. I think we're really good at doing that. And Jesus kind of spoke to this reality. In in Matthew chapter 6, he famously says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Or I love the way the message uh, reads that passage. Um, Eugene Peterson in the message says this, Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I think there's this tendency to get wrapped up in the stresses and anxiety of what may or may not happen tomorrow. We don't even know, and yet we worry. We freak out, we stress. And Jesus here is saying, let today be enough for today. Today has enough problems of its own. Today has enough worries of its own. Today has enough goodness of its own. Be here. Stop freaking out about tomorrow. Plan ahead, but enough of the anxiety. Let's let's live in this moment. Let's be present in this moment and trust that God will see us through whatever's coming down the pike. Be here in this moment, uh, working to bring about the things that we fear might come, or, you know, that, that we're afraid might come about. Uh, be here in this moment, uh, working to make sure that those things don't come into fruition. But be here. Don't be somewhere else worrying about things that we can't control. Be here in this moment. Third thing that I would say uh, is don't believe the lie that someday in the future I'll be really living. I think there's this temptation uh, to, to, to put off today uh, knowing that, well, this kind of stinks, but maybe someday life will finally come together and then, then I'll be living. When I finally get that raise, when I finally meet that girl, uh, when I finally leave this town, when, 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 uh, we can always put off living 
for another time. And I think James is reminding us to, no, be here. Life is good. Life is great here in this moment. God is doing something here in this moment. Don't always be looking to the future and when things will get better and when, when I'll finally be living. Life is happening now, right now. Uh, wake up each day and remind yourself that life is a gift. Be grateful for the blessing of each moment. And then finally I would say that if you are going to look to the future, and it, it, it's natural, I'm not saying that we don't look to the future. That's a, it's a piece of just being wise and shrewd in this life, right? We don't just live in this moment. But if we are going to look to the future, I think James is asking us to make sure that the future that we are living and striving for is worthwhile. That if we're going to do some things here in this moment that, that will create a new future uh, ahead of us, let's make sure that they're things that are worthwhile. And, and he talks about, uh, about not being arrogant, not having arrogant schemes. Uh, I think he's saying do things in this moment that as you're impacting the future will we'll create a better future. That, that, don't, that aren't just self-centered, that aren't just about you, that are actually uh, going to bless the world, that are about doing good in the world. Uh, okay, as I kind of move to an end here, a, a few practical implications of this passage. A, a few things, and maybe, maybe these are things that I struggle with, so I'm kind of just preaching to myself and hoping that you get uh, something out of this. Uh, I, I think that's a little bit of what a sermon is anyway. But uh, a, a few practical implications, things that come to my mind when I think about being fully present here, now, in in this world, about actually being here, the first thing that I need to do, maybe all of us need to do, is to turn off the technology once in a while. Uh, Whether it's it's 21st century technology or it's TV or radio, I, I think... I think we can get inundated with technology and it's getting worse and worse with smartphones and laptops and we carry these things with us all the time uh, and there's that stupid little red dot that shows up on your smartphone that tells you that something is immediate and pressing and you just have to deal with it right now and it takes us out of that moment. Or we have this tendency to be at a, a meal with somebody and the first thing that we do is we take our, our cell phones and we set them on the table just in case someone calls and then I'll be able to, or somebody texts and I'll be able to get that. Uh, Is there ever a time where we're not reachable? Is there ever a time where we just turn the technology off? I I don't need to watch that game. I I don't need to watch that news program. It's time to eat dinner. It's time to be together as a family. Uh, Is there ever a time uh, where, where life isn't, where the, the pressing outside concerns of life aren't immediately in our face. Uh, and I know for me, there, there's very little time in my day where I, I'm not connected to the outside world in some way. And, and maybe I need to turn that off a little bit more. Disconnect from everything else that's taking me out of being here in this place, being fully present. So turn off the technology. Second thing that comes to mind for me is that uh, I think we need to be a listening presence. I think being fully present here in this place with one another invites us into being a listening presence. I think we talk at one another too often. I think we tune one another out too often. And we, we can certainly relate to that in this week, right? Where there's so much tension, where there's so much difference, uh, we're so divided 
and what if we were fully present even with people we didn't agree with? Where we were actually listening, we were actually engaging, uh, we were actually there for one another. What if when we sat down with people that we love and care about, that we were actually with them, staring eye to eye, sitting knee to knee, technology's away, distractions are away, I'm not talking about myself, I'm actually there, present in the moment, listening, engaging, being with someone, being a listening presence. Third thing that comes to mind is that uh, I think that we as a culture need to be more intentional about creating and fostering deep relationships. Uh, I'm kind of in the first season of my life where friendships don't come really easy. I was in, I was in college and then I was a youth pastor, which is kind of a screw-off job in some ways. Then I went to seminary and had some free time. Uh, and uh, I'm kind of in this first season of my life where it's not really natural to like make and, cre- and create and foster friendships and to foster really deep intimate relationships with with other people Uh, and and I'm realizing for the first time in my life that it's really really hard to do that it's really really hard to be intentional with people it's really really hard to be a friend when you've got a serious full-time job that and and then you got little kids at home uh, it's hard it's really hard to be a friend and 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 yet I think this passage is pushing us through that difficulty, through the challenges of relationship into a place uh, where we are really intentional about creating and fostering relationships. Uh, Seek those out. Find people that you connect with. Find people that will speak into your life uh, and be relentless in that. Don't give up. Fight. Fight for deep relationships. Fight for friendships. Fight for community. Because uh, it's worthwhile. Uh, and they, in some ways kind of connected is that I found myself challenged as I read this passage over and over again to be vulnerable. Even in the friendships that I do have. Even if, if I am in, in deep relationships with people. Even if I'm not distracted in my conversations. Even if I am kind of fully present. I think there's this temptation in our society to kind of sit at the surface, to not go deep with one another, to not really bear our soul, to not be honest and vulnerable. I think there's, there's this temptation to not be completely ourselves, to not, be, to not express what we're thinking, to not, to not uh, share our real joys and sorrows and struggles and pain and grief, to not bring those things to the table. Uh, And I think James is inviting us, as we're invited to be fully present in this world, uh, a piece of that is being vulnerable, being honest and real with one another. To actually be present is to be vulnerable. And the last thing I would say is that uh, I found myself thinking about uh, the need to be content. I think part of living in this moment, being here, not being other places, not wishing I was somewhere else, with someone else, uh, not wishing that I was someone else, uh, is the call for us to be content. Am I content here in this moment with the people I'm with, having the conversations I'm having? Am I content here in this moment? 
Uh, and too often, I think we're not. Uh, we're striving for more. We're striving for different. And, and it leads us to not really being at peace with who we are and where we are and, and with whom we're with. Can we be content where we're at? So, let's commit together. As an aspect of really trying to live as the people of Jesus, to being fully present, to climbing the mountain of relationship with one another, with God, with ourselves, uh, and then to actually be there, to be present, to not be a million other places, to not be a multitasking kind of people that are never actually available, that are never actually listening, that are never actually vulnerable and real and raw, that are never present. Let's commit to being a a people that are fully present. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you have demonstrated presence, real full presence through the incarnation of Jesus, that you came and you were here with us. You didn't stay far and aloof. You came to this place and you showed us who you are. You were real and raw and honest and vulnerable and Jesus was with us through all of the depth of humanity. And I pray that we would learn from that. I pray that we would learn from James that we don't know what tomorrow brings. Life is is kind of fleeting. It can go by so quickly without us really knowing what happened. So I pray that we would take advantage of the moments that we have and that we would be here. Help us to do that. Show us when we're not and allow us to repent of that. We love you, Jesus. Amen.